Well, greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground Podcast. This is episode 80, Men, Marriage, and Fatherhood. I'm broadcasting live, well, live for me from the Power of Change Worldwide Shedquarters here in Blacksburg, Virginia. We have a fantastic episode here planned today. I tell you what, we have some Virginia Tech all-time greats in more ways than one, but we have former football players Andre Davis, Abraham, a.k.a. Billy Hardy, and Willie Pye with us to talk about being men, being married, and being dads. Well, over the last couple of months, we had to pivot, obviously, like everyone else in the uh, the known populated universe, planet Earth, with the COVID-19 pandemic. And we've been on the podcast here, as you've been following along, talking about how do we thrive? How do we do well spiritually, intellectually, physically? You might remember Willie Pyle being with us for that uh, little physical workout episode. Well, on the onset of... Uh, some of these uh, discussions that I read or talk to people from all kinds of persuasions and backgrounds, uh, obviously our culture and society is an interesting place, uh, not in a place of agreement all the time. Some people want to open up businesses, some people don't. But I was just praying and pondering, and I wrote down seven things. Well, there are a little more than seven because I put some couplets and triplets in there, but seven uh, ordinal bullet points that I think need to make a comeback. Uh, in our society. And the first one was mental toughness. We talked about that last week with Coach Tony Roby and Coach Jared Hoffman of the Virginia Tech Wrestling Program. And the second one was marriage and kids. Call it a comeback. We need to call it back. Uh, for the good of the world, there was manufacturing, uh, then civility and kindness in our interactions with each other, helping local neighbors, courage and strength. And then the seventh one was faith, hope, and love. So we're in a little series now on the underground where we're going to talk about that. But tonight... Uh, or whenever time you're listening to this, we are hitting up marriage and kids by having on some great guests. Now, I'm going to give a rundown of these guys, their public bios, their baseball card, football cards. I actually got football cards of these guys on my wall when we did some outreaches back in the day. Um, but I'm going to give their public bios, and then I'm going to let them introduce to uh, themselves to you in a kind of different way. So first up, we have Uncle Andre. I call him that because that's what my kids call him. Andre Davis came to Virginia Peck from the bulging metropolis of Niska Unit, New York. He was a soccer player, a track runner, turned to football player, caught Michael Vick and Grant Knoll touchdown passes, ran some back on kicks, drafted in the NFL, second round Cleveland Browns, Patriots, Texans, works in all sorts of things now. He's got his hand a little bit of everything, nonprofit leadership, I think property management, business. He's an ambassador for Virginia Tech Hokies. And we have him on screen as the blur tonight. All right, Uncle Billy. Uh, we actually had shirts made for Uncle Billy and Uncle Willie when our little baby was born. Father was a VT legend of some of sort, some say, uh, in football as well. Also a soccer player growing up in Florida, transferred, walked on to the Virginia Tech football team, eventually earned a scholarship. Billy would have had one of those videos they do now where everybody gets hyped, right? He was that kind of guy. Yeah. And he became a starter in the Virginia Tech secondary, went to medical school, currently a doctor, currently a professor. Both him and his wife are med school professor doctors. Finally, we have Willie Pyle, Uncle Willie Pyle. Uncle Willie was in marching band, basketball, football, Alexander, Virginia, Northern Virginia guy, Virginia Tech, all Big East, All-American free safety, drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs. Now he can claim them as Super Bowl champs. Uh, career with the Cowboys, five years in the CFL, founder and presence of Train Really Fast, getting that business back open, and a recent guest here in Episode 6. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Reed. Thanks for having Thanks us. Be well, Dre, give us a little bit of love and tell us a little bit more, maybe some of the important things about Andre Davis. 
Yeah, well, definitely. Um, it, it's been an honor be, to be here with you, Reed. It, it's been great to see you and the family. Uh, for the times I've gotten the opportunity to come back to Blacksburg, it's always great to be able to uh, continue relationships that we've had for so long and to see uh, the girls and Tommy just growing up. It, it's just amazing <laughs> to see how quickly time goes. But um, as my family continues to grow as well, me and my beautiful wife, Janelle, have been married uh, in 10 days. It will be 17 years. Uh, we've been married for, we've got four beautiful children, two boys and two girls. Um, Dalen, my oldest is 12. Bryce is 10. Layla will be seven at the beginning of June. And Noel, my youngin is five years old. And for those of you who have multiple children, they are all different and the same. And so <laughs> it's been uh, a challenge, but a joy once again, um, in being able to uh, really work our way through life. Um, it truly is a journey as we continue to be challenged and the Lord continues to uh, challenge us with the kids, with their personalities. And we realize how important it is to have God in your life when you're dealing with kids as well. <laughs> Amen. Well, Andre's got daughters and sons. The next two gentlemen have a split on that. One has all boys and one has uh, the ladies. So uh, head on over to Mr. Hardy. Tell us about your crew. All right. So my crew, I'm blessed with the ladies. So I guess I'm a hashtag girl dad. Um, so I got uh, Amina, who is nine years old, and Asha, who is seven. And uh, not intentionally named them A names, but it just happened that way. Uh, I also married to my wonderful wife of 12 years, uh, Sophia Abraham hyphen Hardy. She took the whole name, praise <laughs> the Lord. Kept, kept your first and, name, uh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> everything. Oh, um, but yeah, so. So that's not a hyphen now, name. That's just all your names. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's just yeah. I took the whole thing. As far as I'm concerned, we don't have to tell anybody about that. Uh, so we're here. We're here in Blacksburg. Uh, for me, it's it's just an honor to be here with three guys that I actually looked up to uh, when I came to Tech. Of course, Andre being the superstar that I was, locker 109. So I was close to Andre, and then of course Willie would actually let me uh, look from his uh, his playbook so I could learn to play. So I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, oh right man. well hold on over to willie do you remember your locker number was it 35 oh no, no go come on man look no see that's the that's the one when you actually make the team oh. and coach knows your name oh and coach ward and coach west back then they knew who you were right yep. i had coach Kevin. i got there and i was like a 103 <laughs> so i was in that same corner back then by the kickers and all the other kids mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying you had to earn your way to the other side like Sure does sound like they're having fun over there. Man, <laughs> a lot of jokes happening on that did, side. Did the man, kickers did the kickers always stay over there though? You know, man, <laughs> some of them, you know, back then they had late numbers, 99, 98. You know, Kibble was like 90. Oh, Kibble. Yeah, you truth. know, they all had late numbers. And so I was so far in the back that I could see one. And that was, you know, key card, you know. You know, Kib Kibble's daughter, Kibble's daughter played um, Kayla's uh, soccer team in the state semifinals. And she did work on us, bro. <laughs> she was She's good. the truth. She's oh, the truth. Legit. Wow, yeah. She's the truth. I think she scored She's three on us. Yeah. East Carolina, maybe? Yeah, yeah, East in Carolina. Time? Yep, that's right. Yeah. So so uh, back back to us, man. Again, Reed, I appreciate you having me on again on your show. Absolutely. Uh, Dre, we've done one together with another former Hobie, so it's good to see you. And obviously, Billy won. I get to see his pictures. Every year, Billy faithfully sends them Christmas cards, and uh, those girls <laughs> just keep getting cuter and cuter. And 
and see him and his wife just growing is awesome for, for us. Um, I've been married, uh, going on 14 years, right? I got married in 2006. Um, like Dre, if you're a pro athlete, typically you're going to get married in the off season. And so <laughs> my, my anniversary is in July. But if you ask all of our teammates, we all got married either right between OTAs and training camp or right at the end of the season and before, um, you know, OTAs or mini camp. So, uh, we've been married, uh, going on 14 years in July. Uh, we have two wonderful young men. Uh, Jalen, he's 12 years old, just turned 12 last month. And then Bryson, he'll turn four at the end of the month. And I thought it was pretty neat that this is episode 80, considering I was born in 1980 and uh, I'm about to be 40 in two weeks. And so, uh, you know, this is a big this is a big time for us. And so I wow. appreciate it. And, you know, we've been thriving and surviving and uh, look forward to this conversation with three of my brothers. Amen. Amen. I actually had the uh, privilege of being somewhat involved in every one of the, you guys' marriages in different ways. Andre and Janelle would come over the house. We did some premarital discussions with them about, you know, game planning, preparing, equipping for what you're going into. Obviously, the, most of that you don't know until you get into it, but hopefully there's a little something, something that gets in our heads when we're, before we get married. If you're young out there, going to get married, get some premarital counseling. I had the privilege of standing up at Willie's wedding and praying in the reception, which was really, really amazing. And, uh, man, I tied the dang up not with, uh, Abraham Abraham, uh, up there in one of the most fantastic black Indian weddings that I'd ever seen yeah. where there was some dance, dance revolution at the reception done by a bride and groom. So. <laughs> Okay. And we got most of the family involved with it, with everything. So, uh, privileged guys, really an honor. I met you guys, Dre, I guess it would have been 22 years probably ago. Mike Brown, 1998. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then mm-hmm. Will just after that. And you came in one year, maybe after that. So mm-hmm. a lot of time and formative times. I was actually a very young man myself at the time. And, uh, obviously married Casey and I, Casey got married at 21. I was 23 when we got married. We've been married almost 24 years, which is wild. And yeah. you guys saw my grown daughters in here, which, uh, I've got a picture that we love to show with, with Kayla and Andre's hand looked like a football size, uh, little, little bug. Mm-hmm. And now she's, uh, she's going to college, Lord willing, COVID, uh, mm-hmm. permitting, well, guys, marriage, uh, one of the reasons why I think it needs to make a comeback is because this is one of those weird things about society. And marriage is as old as created human beings. Every society around the world, uh, God designed this for people in general. Obviously, there's a specific understanding of marriage that he gave his, his people uh, that follow Jesus. But marriage is good for people. This is uh, not controversial in the in the research. In fact, Bradley Wilcox, I think he's at the University of Virginia now, has an institute for marriage studies, uh, where he looks at all the data on, on effects of marriage on health, longevity, mental health, uh, happiness, whatever that means when people study that. Uh, but marriage is good for us in many, many ways. Uh, it's good for men. Men uh, do better and make better choices when they're married, uh, eat better, drink less, even live longer, I believe, uh, when married. And so um, none of this is controversial in the research. Also, married fathers are good for everybody, uh, good for kids. Uh, the, the safest, best place for a little kid to grow up is with their biological father in the home. The research all shows that. Even when there's two people in the home, if it's not the biological father, there's higher incidence of abuse. Uh, National Fatherhood Initiative and Father Facts every year publishes statistics uh, about dads and the difference that dad makes. Uh, all this is just true. But sadly, and this is just from as recent as an article uh, this past month in the Wall Street Journal, Marriage is at a law all-time low. 
less people getting married, people getting married later in life, um, even though it's great for us. So that's why I say that it needs to be a comeback, not that people, what is marriage? I don't know what that is. Uh, but more people not only need to engage it, but to engage it maybe differently than some of us saw it engaged in, in our homes. Maybe if some of us have a good model. One of the things I'm thankful about you guys having on, we all have very diverse backgrounds in, in what we even saw with fathers, mothers, marriage or not. And so um, that makes a real interesting conversation for all of us to engage with about the virtues or the goodness of marriage. But to begin our little discussion, I want to give a lightning round. So I want to ask you guys a little quick punchy question. I want you to give me quickly, when I say the word marriage, give me one adjective in return. Thankful. I think it's security, maybe. Teamwork. Teamwork, man, that's good. All right, I didn't put this in your preparation notes. Give me the flip side. Give me a, maybe a more uh, uh, negative adjective that you would also throw in there with uh, those good ones you threw right away. Challenging. Sparring partner. <laughs> Sacrifice. <laughs> S- suffering, <laughs> long, suffering. Yeah, long suffering. Obviously, there's some cliche involved with people kind of you know rubbishing marriage and say, "Oh, you're ball and chain." That's something that Casey and I have tried to avoid that sort of language to embrace the real blessing that it has been to us. But we're not uh, in any way going to present the rosy picture tonight that there's never a source of difficulty because I believe right. Uh, our lives are shaped, formed, and developed, and we grow uh, through 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 suffering, through friction, through difficulty. And certainly, you put two sinful people together in the same house, man, sharing toilet paper and toothpaste, uh, you're gonna have some uh, sparring partners. But how do we do that? How do we get that done? So, but marriage, right? Um, you got to learn how to do it. Being a husband. We're always kind of in a school, uh, school of hard knocks, school of every day, uh, every day waking up with somebody and trying to get forward in life. Um, but I just wanted to ask you guys, where are some of the places that you learned about being a husband? I would say for me, um, it was definitely in my own home. I'm very grateful that my parents uh, have been together for uh, a long time and to see just their marriage together. And, and what's very odd, I guess, about it is that when I look at my aunts and uncles, I think I have one aunt that is still married. Everyone else has been divorced now. And so to see that surrounding us and me spending a lot of time around my cousins and family like that, um, but to uh, you know come back home and see what was going on in my own household. Um, that was something that was really special. Um, to see, believe it or not, it's so crazy to say this now, but you know, Cliff Huxtable <laughs> from the Cosby show, like, you know, at the time this, he was a wholesome dad. It was a wholesome family. And they were showing you what two successful parents looked like on television. How they were raising kids mm-hmm. on television, right? Yeah. Like totally television. But as a kid growing up and seeing that, It was just like, wow, you know, not only do I see him getting serious with them and messing with them, but also doing it in a comical way Um, and being able to, you know, kind of have fun with the situation, uh, especially with very serious situations that, you know, I knew that one day I would soon come into play. Um, So being able to be at home and see it, then seeing it on TV in a comical way, I think that's something that I really base my life and my family after is like, man, we're going to. You know, we're going to work hard, but at the same time, we're going to have fun. I mean, I've always been 
a silly and, and fun guy. So I'm going to make <laughs> sure that that's involved at all times. Um, but then also once I got to school, Reed, being able to being able to be mentored by you and Casey, I mean, that was huge. Just seeing what a, um, a, a godly marriage looked like. And, you know, from the beginning, you guys were never afraid to share with me the struggles and challenges that you guys went through. So it was never something that I was trying to say, oh, here's a perfect couple of what a perfect couple looks like. And I think whenever we say perfect, we assume that it means no challenges, no troubles, nothing going on. But in actuality, a perfect marriage is I'm seeing the struggles, I'm seeing the challenges, and I'm seeing how you guys persevere through those. And that to me is that's reality. That's what marriage is about. And to be able to learn it from um, someone like you and knowing now, like when I look back on it, that you guys were young, <laughs> you know, in your marriage and everything and still to say, but as a college student looking at that before I'm even married, those were things of like, all right, I need to take those nuggets from yeah. there. And this is what I want to incorporate into my marriage. We had a real blessing. A lot of people think you got to get everything sorted out and everything in life before you could think about getting married. We kind of just rolled in, man, right after graduation. And so we were kids, man, when we first met you guys. And, uh, but we had, we had a lot of fun together. We grew together. We kind of built life together. Um, and so later on when things get really hard, uh, there's a there's a certain foundation that's this there, and we had a lot of fun with you guys too, man. I, I tell you, those are good days for us. And a lot of people, you know, I've been a pastor and various things where a lot of times people would see me more than my wife. You you guys got to see an era where we were very much just straight up tag team and everything visibly. And anybody who knows uh, a lot about Casey knows the better part of this deal for sure. How about you, Doctor Doctor Reverham Reverham Doctor Billy Abraham RD? <laughs> I, I think my, my experience is a lot like Andre's uh, in my earlier years growing up, mom and dad in the home. And uh, so that was that was something that I really gleaned from. As I matured, I realized there are a lot of dents in the armor there. And uh, so reading books, uh, one of the first books I can remember reading about it was uh, by Steve Farrar, Anchorman, was something yeah. that really helped form what uh, what a husband, what a father is to be. Uh, follow that up with Point Man, read that book too, and, and that really helped me when arriving at Tech, similar to Andre, getting a chance to be around you and Casey and realizing that, you know, Casey scared me. And I said, you know what? I want to get a, I want to get a wife like that, that I know if I get in a brawl, I don't need a, I don't need any weapons. I just, just get my wife. And I'm good. So, <laughs> yeah, I know you're really good friends with Spencer Harris, who was a baseball player shortstop here at Virginia Tech. He was terrified Absolutely. of my wife, which we we've learned um, later in later years. Yes, yes, everybody. <laughs> Casey everybody. was serious about things, man. Uh, Casey was like the uh, dispatcher too. We'd have a lot of times churches or local things, schools, and would want uh, speakers of various things. And Casey, for years, would kind of send, you know, "Hey Willie, go out to speak of this thing," or "Spencer, go out to this church." And Spencer tells yeah. a story about like, "Yeah, Casey, I've never spoken in front of anybody in my life," and she just sent me this thing. Go out to this church. She's like, "I'm terrified." And she just said, "Oh, Spencer, put your big boy pants on and go tell them about Jesus." <laughs> oh, well, great. It was so great what you guys did, though. You guys definitely challenged us. And I think uh, I'll speak personally for myself. That was the first time that someone challenged me to go out and share my testimony. And we had to go through those times of you, you helping us to what is my story, you know, to go out there and do that. And, and just like all you guys can attest to when, when you were Casey 
tell us, hey, this is we've already set it up here at this church. You gotta go. <laughs> Time so to go. Like, hey, let's go. Right. I, Andre and I right. probably did the most uh, strange outreach thing with Jarrett Ferguson's hometown. Um, <laughs> and and I've told this story before when I'm speaking on the road because it was the strangest one I've ever done too. But we spoke of this thing way out in the, in the country, and Andre was like, "Man, black people around here, you know they we were we literally watched a guy what he unloaded a bear, a stuffed bear from his pickup truck. It was called the oh the wild game dinner for men and boys. And so it was like a yes. contextualized outreach to folks who like to shoot stuff, stuff, stuff. So they brought their mounts, and and one of them was a large bear, <laughs> and oh they brought God. food, they all sorts oh. of wild game to eat and everything. It was oh. yeah, I, I didn't know better then. I, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, is that, oh is that when you got the nickname, the blur? Is that when that came I was up? Like, I was like, Dre, I was like, Dre, Dre, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. Then I'm looking around. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be all right. 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 You know, they got guns and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it was Jared Ferguson's people. He knew these people. So we felt Yes, bad. Jared knew those people. So once yeah. again, when you, when you surround yourself with the right people, you, you trust you know, the situations you put yourself in. So that, that's also an important thing. Surround yourself with good people and you'll be all right. Amen. So, so modeling, yeah, modeling in the home books, Cliff Huxtable, uh, Will, what about you? What are some places you learned over the years to, to be a husband? So I can, I can tell you where I didn't learn it. And that was in, uh, unfortunately in my own home, right? My dad passed when I was three years old. And so, uh, it was a nice gap in there and where I didn't have that true father figure in my home. Like my grandfather was awesome. I had great uncles. Right. But when we started moving around and obviously we moved to Virginia, I just didn't have that. My mom remarried and she married a man that was in the church. And, you know, that's where my two younger brothers came from. But they didn't stay together long. And, you know, I saw the, the, the trials and tribulations they went through, the mental, the verbal abuse, mm. the, um, you know, uh, going to therapy. Like those things are a part of my story growing up. And I'm like, well, I know what I don't want it to look like. And that's that. So sometimes you can learn a lot more about what it shouldn't look like. And for me, the way, and I'll bring it to my home first. The reason why I love working with young people, the reason why I love working with my son, because I'm always imagining, hey, this is what it would have been like if Mm. my dad was here, right? Mm. That would have been awesome. Like he would have been pushing me. He would have been, hey, let's go out and run. Let's go shoot hoops. Let's go, let's go um, study. Let's go do something that's going to help you become a better version of you. And so, my whole viewpoint of what a dad and what marriage looks like is from what I hoped it wouldn't look like yeah. as I got older. And then once, you know, a very strong mom and a great, again, it takes a village. S. Dot. Home, but specifically, yeah, yeah, S. Dot, she was on it, right? <laughs> she didn't let me slip Why I was in the marching band, Why I was getting good grades in school, why I was missing homecoming. Like who's who in high school kids in America or something book. I think I found Willie's name at one time. Yeah, Man, let me tell you, she she had me in everything, man. And it was truly a blessing because the strength that she showed, let me know that you can't overcome adversity, obviously. Um, You can overcome challenges. But again, my vision was more of, hey, this is what I don't want it to look like. So whatever that is, I would need it to be the opposite of what I saw because you need to be present. You need to be uh, engaging. You need to be communicated you need to have that love and so as i got to uh high school it's funny dre brought up tv because that's where a lot of us got our way of life because it was tgi fridays right family matters it was was, uh fresh prince of bel-air uncle phil right you take in a a kid and you try to steer him in the right direction you're successful you got a good family unit there's always going to be some crazies in there and some oddball opportunities but at the end of the day you know that the home is filled with love and so 
um, obviously the Cosby show. So a lot of those TV shows dictated our viewpoint. They gave me the lens to view what a dad and what a mom and what a, a wife should look like. Mm-hmm. And so when we get to college, I'm in agreement with the fellas. Like I got to see you and Casey and you guys were young and it wasn't like, Hey, here's a Bible. Go get saved. Go save other people. It was like, now let's go out to eat. Let's play some dominoes. Let's have some fun. <laughs> right. But that was like, okay, these people are cool. Like, this is a cool way to live. Like, you know, husband and wife, they hanging out. But like Billy said, when Casey get, when Casey get that eye, when you send me the red notes, she doesn't send me the rap first. Hey, you better get, get on your horse. That's I'm like, I don't even fear Coach Bieber like this. But Casey like, hey, we need you there. We need you. We need yes, you. ma'am. Right, because we'd do anything for you guys. And so that was uh, kind of like the, the story was, it wasn't so much the vision and the picture of, you know, some awesome scenarios that like Dre and Billy went through. It was more, man, if this is marriages, I know that when I do, I never feared it, but I don't want it to look like yeah, that. And yeah. that was the perspective that I brought to it. And obviously we're all still learning. I'm still learning because I didn't have that male figure to talk to. Hey, Pops, you know, when she's acting crazy, what are you supposed to do? How do you handle it? <laughs> I didn't have that. And so then you call your uncle or, you know, my yeah. granddad before he passed. And you just have those conversations. And then oftentimes you just talk it out with your wife. Hey, how can I help? Yeah. What, what, what do you need me to do? What can I do to be better? And I, and I have to continue to get better at that. Yeah. But for a while I wasn't. Amen. And so it was just a learning process and it still is. Man. Amen. I, I, I share a similar uh, story, Will, in the sense that my father drank too much and was a naval guy. So he was out on ship six months at a time when he was home, it was kind of rough, you know, and then they divorced at when I was an adult, like in 1997, which, so that was weird to walk your grown parents through uh, that kind of uh, difficulty. And, and uh, there's actually a phrase from um, theology from the Latin world in Europe in the middle ages called the via negativa or the negative road. And it was a way of learning by the negative road. And that's exactly what you described, Willie, is that we can see, okay, that, nope, I don't want that. How can I flow differently that? Then we can flow in the positive and in adding things. But it's certainly for me, I had the same thing. I was like, oh, I don't want to see this. I don't want to treat my kids that way. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that. And, uh, and then I was just like, same as you guys, I had to ask anybody whose kids remotely liked them. I was like, hey, how you do that? You know, <laughs> how did that happen? You know, that's a miracle in the world. You know, give me some, te- give me some teaching. So, well, hey, um, each of you already just started describing this, but it sounds like you guys all have a vision for your family or what you want to be about for your home team. That's a phrase Casey and I use for years, the Monahan home team. We, we, we just like, you know, you root for the home team, you battle with the home team, you stay tight with it. So what are some of the things you value for your families that you're trying to put in place uh, with your crew? Um, for me, I, I think uh, a motto that we have is just, you know, work hard, play hard. You know, I, I think we've, We've all heard that before you hear it said, but the way that we were able to write that down um, and it's kind of uh, it's what we have on uh, our main wall when you first come in the house. And it's stuff that we have to keep reminding ourselves of. And I have it written down here, but it says in this family, we love Jesus and each other. And it's and under each statement is uh, a memory verse. So I don't even know. Kind of, you can see it like that. So I'll read everything, but it's a wall that right when you come in, it's right there for you to see it. And so it says, in this family, we love Jesus and each other. Uh, that's from Mark 12, 28 through 31. We always tell the truth. Um, Proverbs 12, 22. We show grace. Ephesians 4, 32. We work hard and never give up. Colossians three twenty three and Galatians 6, 9. We pray always and stay thankful. 
1 Thessalonians 5, 15 through 18, we do loud really well, <laughs> Psalm 98, 4, and then we have fun, yeah. Ecclesiastes 3, 12 through 13. So we have a Bible right underneath that as well. So as people come in, we've got like little post-it notes on each scripture so they can go. And if they're wondering like, oh, what does this scripture say? They can see, you know, what it says. So for us, that's kind of our family motto of being able to, to understand that before you see anything else in the house, I want you to understand that our foundation in which we base this family is based in loving the Lord, our God, with all our heart, soul, and mind. Um, so when you can understand that, you start having a better understanding of, you know, what else you see in the house. Um, and then also helping them to our kids to remember about telling the truth. And that is a daily battle. <laughs> Your little battle. kids lie like mine did. <laughs> Amen. Oh, and I didn't do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, you did. That's, that's immediately after devotions. They yeah. will tell a straight lie. Yeah. Like we literally just prayed about Lord, keep our tongues from people. <laughs> and so, it, you know, that's a challenge that just because we put it up on a wall, it doesn't make it, you know, real in our lives for it to actually happen but it's used as a reminder. And so I know that in having young kids, like, I mean, they're not going to remember this all the time, but the more that we can, the more that they can continue to see it every day when they pass by, the more we can continue to review it um, when we don't remember it as they get older. And when they get to college, which is, you know, what's going to happen and what we all went through when you go to college and you start seeing other kids is when all of a sudden you start realizing like, Wow. Hey, my parents had, you know, they gave me a little bit of wisdom for my me mom, to see. My mom, like, had, oh, my mom had rules. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it just helped me to understand my parents more that there were so many things that I disliked about my, uh, the, the process of growing up in my household. But I realized at that point what they did and why they did it because it gave me a, a moral compass that was biblically based to help me when I got out into the real world by myself to be able to say, all right, Lord, let me, let me filter all of these things that I'm going through, through a biblical filter. And that allowed me to see, all right, I can make certain situations more black and white. And it wasn't a lot of gray area where I could say, all right, now I know this isn't right. Let me go in this direction. So um, I'm really grateful for the fact that, you know, my wife is, can be silly and funny with me as well. All of our kids have a silly streak to them. So we're always having fun. And and now I get to be kind of like my dad and, and be the strict <laughs> one where I'm always saying, stop that. What, what are you doing? Stop doing this. And stop doing that. You're having too much fun. Yeah, yeah. Turn those lights off. <laughs> right, exactly. You're letting out the bald air. <laughs> <laughs> so it's that, it's that balance that we, that we need to have. But um, like once again, going back to the beginning, definitely work hard, play hard. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. First thing you see in our kitchen is a, a little tiny whiteboard that should be bigger that has like five color coded schedules on because of our chaos of our sports schedules and family coaching stuff. We and and the mm-hmm. thing that says be awesome. We need to put some Bible verses on there. Billy Wine, <laughs> give me give me give me some uh, what you're trying to do. Adrian, that was great, man. It was did the artwork was it your idea or your wife's? Um I think it was both of ours. Um, we've had a chance to see a bunch of different things. Um, I, I graduated in degree in property management, but uh, it almost took me having to go back and actually look at my degree, my diploma, 
again to realize that it also included interior design. Ah. And so I'm like, wow, that's where my love for interior design comes from. Like, I actually learned about this. Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> and so after seeing different things in time, like we had a, um, we had, I think it was, yeah, we had scripture in my girl's room when they were born in Myrtle Beach in our house that um, uh, we had an artist come in and they, you know, painted the scripture on the wall. And so we knew that was something that we wanted to do, that they could see, you know, scripture around the house. And a blessing that we've had um, is that um, we've built two homes now, one in Myrtle Beach when I first retired from football and then our house here. And we heard from someone else. I don't remember where we got this from, but we were able to write scripture on every door frame in the entire house. So before the drywall ever went up, we were able to talk to our family um, we all came up with our own scripture and then we asked like our, my mom and dad, brothers, sisters, everyone, they give us their favorite scriptures and wow. we put scripture all over the house on the door frames before they went, uh, went up. We also had the opportunity to actually bury a Bible in the foundation. I thought you were about to say you buried a body. I was like, Oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you're going to edit that part. You out, buried a, right? buried a Bible. My head's in the wrong place. <laughs> I might end up, I might end up online. Buried a Bible. Well, you probably, you probably avoid, you probably avoided some of the problems. I've heard Casey and I've never built a home or anything, but I heard that it's very difficult on a relationship. Like you got to pick out every life fixture, every, color and all that Absolutely. so you guys avoided that by keeping the word around a little bit yeah so you know, I was, Andre pretty much uh that he pretty much wrote the whole bible in his home he got a lot of <laughs> in his home right? so, i know for a fact you got a crib he started in genesis finishing revelation really did see the house in myrtle beach that's oh, right yeah. i did see it so it was What's crazy about it is that, so for me, my financial advisor told me that that was my first job when I got done playing. So as I was trying to seek and find out what, you know, God had for me in post-career football, um, that was my first job, building a home. And so in Myrtle Beach in South Carolina, the homeowner can be the contractor. And so for me, once again, never built a house, not an engineer, (laughs) not an architect or anything. I literally Google searched how to build a home to find out what are the steps to go through. And he gave me all of the subcontractors numbers of what he had for when he built his house. So that kind of helped me out. And in talking with the subs, they kind of guided me through the process <laughs> as well. So that was, that was a pretty amazing process. Amen. to, to go through. But, you Amen. know, once again, just being able to have, just to be able to know that our house is literally built on the word of God is something that's an awesome okay. reminder, knowing that we've got, you know, a great hedge of protection um, around us and our family. Amen. Amen. All right, doctor. I've been around your family a little well, bit since we moved house, back to Blacksburg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, our house is built on an old plantation. No, I'm just, <laughs> I don't know. It's a, <laughs> it might be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> for, for, for us, we, what we've started, we say, what's going to enhance our business? So, we look at our relationship our family as a business. So if the, the people at the head of the business are communicating, working together, then it's going to help the business run. And then when our time is up, obviously when we pass on those that are under us are going to take over the business, take over the name. And then obviously hopefully spread that out to generations. generation. Absolutely. Both names, <laughs> yeah. all four of the names. <laughs> um, 
So, I mean, that's kind of that model part of it. Uh, obviously, my wife and I both being physicians, so we try to use some medical terms, something like vitals, right? But we spell vitals with a D, so V-I-D-A-L-S. That's vitals so to me. Always, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so it's, it's being vulnerable, being intentional, uh, being a disciplinarian or having discipline, um, having the right attitude, being a good listener. And then, of course, most importantly, being saved. Um, so something that tried to to implement that. And, and for me, having girls, I want to be that example to them of the way a man should be. Um, so one of the rules is if if Poppy can say it, you can say it, which sometimes I wish I never started. That. Uh. <laughs> That's the rule. If, if Poppy can say it, you can say it. I don't think Casey um, would agree with that rule me. in our house. it it, it, it helps keep me on point because i like a lot of eddie Eddie murphy so it helps keep me uh keeps my my tone right and then most importantly i said the tone but also the language that comes out so i try to let my girls see me rubbing their mom's back or apologizing out loud or Mm -hmm. um when she's talking not have my phone which is which is hard Mm -hmm. um but try to do that by example. Um, as, as Willie said, you know, there's some things that you learn what not to do. And those are some of the things that I saw in my house that was not done in, in my house. So, but yeah, it's pretty, pretty straightforward. We got a couple of Bible verses. I'm a, I'm going to write some right now on the wall. Uh, I'm feeling a little self-conscious. I'm going to get my, get my crayon out. I'm going to write that up here. Jesus wept. So he was vulnerable. So we get that I appreciate the way you guys think, man. Will, what what are you thinking for your crew? I mean, I know your your son is the best looking, most athletic kid I've ever seen. So he's rolling out already. But how? how, Listen, what the 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 family unit? They're solid, man. We love it, Billy. Real quick, man. I I love the the vitals because you know I'm an acronym guy. I built my whole foundation of you know I got the shirt on fast. It's footwork, agility, speed, strength. And technique. So I'm all over. I'm all over the acronym, baby. I love it, and uh, and it means something for us. You mentioned the key word, and and, and I'll expand on that for us. Is um, is built on relationships, right? You have to value the relationship, right? The number one relationship that we have is with our Father in Heaven, and so between my wife and I being baptized together, my oldest son Jalen making that decision this past year to be baptized, being involved. In his uh, youth church group, and then Amen. the youngest one, uh, Bryson Reed, you sent that book. Bryson, literally, we rode around the, the neighborhood um, for about forty-five minutes, and he had that "Where's God in Coronavirus" book. Wow, the whole time, yeah, he had it in his hand, like he didn't let it go. I was like, "This is not, you know, the book you get from." Chick- it's like a cliffhanger, man. It was getting good. I know he's like rolling, rolling, and the sun got Cut the book. Off. Can y'all hear me now? We got you. Yeah, we got you. Oh. Man, an Amber Alert came through, right? We over here talking about kids. Oh. I, I, I swiped up. It was talking about Amber Alert. I'm like, oh, man, here we go. And I should have known to put it on, like, airplane mode, but it still would have came through. I apologize for that. Right. But uh, luckily you can edit some of it, and I'll listen. <laughs> so you were saying your so your son was rolling with you, and he grabbed a book. He's a little guy likes books already. Yeah, he's, and he's rolling with the book. And then he's like, you tell me, what is this about God? What about Jesus? So we love Jesus, right? We play football all the time, and he hits his heart two times and points to the sky. Thank you, Jesus. So little things that we're just letting them know that the, from all blessings flow from him. And for our family, 
it's been like right in the middle of every big decision, every um, move that we made, every um, thing that we've done. I mean, just having the second child was a, a perfect moment, right? Kia and I both have single cell trait. She didn't find out until um, she was pregnant with Jalen. And so that's why there's a eight-year gap between Jalen, the 12-year-old, and Bryson, the soon-to-be four. Because right. we just didn't know. We had to have extreme faith. Because it's like if you could predict or, you know, curve the way that your child will react based on, you know, medical history, would you still do it? Right. And it's like, man, you don't know. And the crazy thing about it, and this is how we knew it was God, the two and three times we tried to do the amniotic fluid, you know, um, draw the to test. test to see if he was sick. He was in a position where he couldn't get in there, uh-huh. right? He Both was, times, couldn't get in, right? He was, he he was ducking around. Too dangerous to do it. So we just said, hey, we're not going to do it. And sure enough, it's just a trait, not the full-on anemia. And, you know, so that was a, a moment where our faith had done as well, where we say, hey, we're going to be fine. And whatever happens, God got us. And so in our family, it's about relationships. We value the one with our father in heaven and then the one between us and each other, my wife mm-hmm. and I, and then between us and our kids and then with them and their influence on their friends and their circle. Amen. Like we have great relationships uh, with one another and then um, my wife and her family and myself and, and my family and then again, with the kids and the people that they interact with, um, being good influencers, not being influenced, uh, yeah. being leaders. And so those things all come with value in a relationship. Yeah. And if you value something, you're going to treat it right. You're going to take the necessary steps to make sure that it's going in the direction you hope it go. And then it's mutual. It's not just one-sided. It's two, you know, both both people coming together, to they, and they both value it. And you can tell when it's slanted is that ball tends to roll one way versus the other. And so for us, it's valuing it equally and making sure that effort is there. And then for the boys is, yeah. hey, make sure you, you're around the right people, yeah. right? Because you're going to be known by who you are associated with, unfortunately. Yeah. But it could be fortunate if it's you. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's right. right. So, again, you can see it on one side, but I can also put it on the other. Yeah. And so that's the, those are the things that we're doing now to make sure that, you know, yeah, um, relationship is valued. And I'm going to get Bryson to get his markings to go, Right <laughs> you'll do it right away <laughs> hey you know what Willie I tell you what when, when when we were working with college students I would always say this about you that you were always one of the most relational guys and, and one of the guys that I called a bridge guy where you could talk to anybody you could talk to anybody in the locker room intellectual black white hip hop redneck where, well, I know I shouldn't say redneck but you know what I'm saying camo you know you were always able to relate to everybody um, and that's a gift in the world, right? Especially in a world that mm-hmm. t- tends to divide and tends to be full of static. And man, it's great to hear you're passing that on to your to your little dudes too. Man, that's a that's important, Reed. That's a great point. And and that's not a um, you know, self serving thing, but honestly, you do have to feel like you can talk to anybody. Yeah. Right? Where you where it, it is no issue because being able to talk to people and them relate to you and um uh, often tell the boys, hey, you might be the only Bible somebody sees or reads, right? Yeah. And so I look at it from that standpoint. I look at it as an African-American. Hey, everybody doesn't view African-American people the same. Yeah. And so if I'm the only one or the one that they're around the most, yeah. they need to know that, hey, this is how we act because we have the love of God in us. And sure. that's how we treat people. So regardless of what I have on the outside, what's on the inside is the thing that matters. Amen. Amen. You're good looking on the outside, too. Well, hey, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um what what are some of the things that that are and and maybe give me the thirty forty second version of this? What are some of the things that are a struggle for you guys to live out your values with your family? Because obviously it's it's not easy. Uh, obviously, if we didn't ever have to 
have our kids tell the truth, it'd be a lot easier. But what are some of the things? Is it working too much? You know, Dr. Abraham, do you, you at the clinic too long? Is it busyness? Is it disconnect? Anger? I, I have to watch my anger. Um, your obstinate wife obviously can be a difficulty in your home. No, I'm just kidding. I know y'all's wife don't tell you us said that. It. You said it. Read it. Monahan. Read it. To be clear. Uh, <laughs> um. I guess for me, it, it is busyness. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, now in this day and age, phones, you know, your cell phone is a dangerous thing. And um, to to make sure, and I, it's hard for me to do, is like, all right, go in, put your phone, like go put your phone in the bedroom or something like that. Keep yeah. it away from you so that way you can be fully engaged with your kids. Um when I look over my day, there's nothing that is so serious and important that I really need to have my phone on me at all times. But yet, you know, it gets to this point that you feel like I always got to have my phone on me. And it gets to the point so much that, you know, I feel my leg vibrating. I feel my thigh vibrating and my phone might not even be in my pocket because yeah. it's around so, so much. And that's like a really crazy feeling to have. Um, yeah, no, nobody like has you, a phone problem, but we have a focus problem because of our phones in a big way, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Once again, there's nothing wrong with the phone in and of itself. It's a great tool for all of us to use. But the focus, like you said, um, has to stop being around, you know, us having a phone in our hand, but then also trying to listen to our kids where, you know, they're going to pick up over they time. Know. Like dad's not giving us his full attention. Yeah. And so they might be fine in in our minds it may look like they're fine but in actuality they're picking up those little things and that's what they're going to remember about their childhood so you know continuing to work on that um my my anger just like you anger and patience is something that are uh abundant and don't have any (laughs) (laughs) abundant in anger very little patience um i would love to sit here and, and and blame it on on football um, I know it's deeper than that. Football made you an also, aggressive man. That's what the problem is. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think what football does is that it teaches us over time. Um, and, and once again, almost at every level from high school through the pros, it, it gives you the opportunity to be aggressive and to react to certain situations. And the faster you react, the better it is. And the more you set yourself apart. Instead of, and this is what my wife had to tell me, and this was after years of marriage, Andrea, you need to stop reacting and you need to respond. And so there's a difference in reacting and responding. Reacting is you do something to me, guess what? It's coming right back at you and and we're on the line. Let's go. I'm going to get you the next time we come. Well, listen, you can't do that to your two-year-old, your five-year-old, you know, your 10-year-old, your kids, your wife. You can't come home and expect the way you handle business in the locker room to be able to do that same thing when you get home. And so when that's been drilled in you and that's really what has made us great for so long in our careers. And then all of a sudden you get home and it's like, no, you got to turn that off. Yeah. That, that's a, that's continuing to be a challenge. Yeah. Sports is is fast. Yeah. That's fast and digital, right? Binary. Boom, boom. I'm going to go cut this way and cut that respond this way where human relationships are slow and analog, right? There's faces (laughs) and there's emotions and there's, there's listening. You got to be paid. Oh man, that's a, that's a good insight. Absolutely. So, you know, even 10 years post career now, it's still a challenge of not letting that 
I would say my old self continue to come up and take over what I know God has called me to for my family here. And so, um, you know, yes, I've had concussions. Yes, I've had these different things. Yes, I've gone through, you know, football and all of the aggressiveness. And so that is something that for me, honestly, I need to bring to the Lord Mm -hmm. because there are some imbalances that I have that have made it a challenge. And I am trusting that if I give it to God, that it's going to work. But I also have to understand how my body works. It's gone through trauma. (laughs) And so I can't sit here and just say, all right, Lord, let your will be done and think that it's just going to occur. This is where things like um, uh, counseling comes in, you know, not being afraid to go to a a psychiatrist or a um, psychologist, um, which I have done. I've gone and seen a neuropsychologist up in Chicago, and that's been something for me to see all right, there is something wrong that is going on here. Now, how do I deal with it? And to be able to have my wife there where I went up and did some sessions by myself, she was able to come up and do some sessions where we were able to actually do some counseling sessions. So that way she could see, here's how my brain is actually working right now. Here's why I'm responding the way I am based off of all of these different variables. And I think for many of us, especially uh, us as black men, us as men in general, you don't hear that. Men, men don't yeah. talk about that. Yeah. Men don't talk about our issues that well, we even may you, have. Even that, you, yeah. When you think about black male friendships, uh, it's not yeah. easy at times to go to your boys and say, Hey man, I blew it at home and I, I need some help. You know, it's yeah. not a, not, we're used to kind of, Hey, we got to run, we got to run with this thing. And uh, too, too often we do that independent of count wise counsel or friendship. This is a problem for yeah. men. And one of the things that, you know, I appreciate is when people were, you know, would tell me, Hey, you were harsh with your wife, you know, I, or, or now my, my grown kids be like telling me, dad, no, you're, you're wrong on this. You know, you need to calm down. I'm like, okay, all right. Go take a walk and feel sorry for myself, but repent and come back around with it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, doctor, doctor, oh, yeah. doctor. Yeah. yeah. Doctors yeah, know everything, so right? I you know everything for, about how to roll, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was, I was, uh, I was informed early on in this marriage game that I am not the smarter one in the group. So, so yeah, yeah. So, just a quick. Bill and his wife when, actually when met graduated. through med school yeah. together. Yeah, 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 yeah. So funny stories when we were in medical school and you graduate, you get medallions and ropes and cords. Man, I had I had a sash. And my wife looked like two chains. She had so much medallions and cords, and so, so yeah. So she, she's she's definitely the kids take after her for sure. She's but, like, uh, I'm Indian. I'm supposed to be be tricked out like this. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, and and then I, then I I found it was funny that uh, that Dre was talking about his cell phone always having it with him because when I call him, he never answers me. Like, Whatever. <laughs> But no, I, I, I agree. I agree with, uh, with Ray as it relates to the distractions is it, something that's really important um, and, and valuing those. So if I was to answer this quickly and look at it, my acronym that I use, the vitals, then I would say being vulnerable and then the disciplinarian. Mm. Uh, that's the areas that I struggle with. So I always say, Hey, I'm a father of girls. I have to discipline them differently. And that's not always the truth. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I need to discipline them correctly mm-hmm. and not because of their specific gender, mm-hmm. um, which is which is something that I'm learning to do. And then the vulnerability part is kind of what uh, Willie was talking about is being personable and relatable and things of that nature. So being relatable to my little girls when they get injured, not just saying, oh, rub some dirt on it, you're going to be okay. <laughs> uh, but understanding where they're coming from, they are hurt in their eyes. They perceive pain. So I need to be there and, and, and present. And so those are, those would be the two biggest things that, that I struggle with. And just as, as a side note to add to that, one of the things that I learned early before I even got married, I remember watching Andre as he was going through his courting process with his now wife. And I mean, Andre was a, he was big time, right? So he could have, anyone that's available and the person that that he found an attraction to was someone who technically i say didn't need him per se she had her own career she was going to be a vet student she was a very intelligent woman high game and 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 i see how he was he was drawn to that he wanted someone to challenge him and to grow with and so for me when i was when i was seeing how he went about his courting process that was really inspirational for me saying hey I want to make sure that I find someone that is not only an equal, but maybe someone who can even challenge me in areas that I'm deficient. So, Amen. Amen. I guess we got to give Willie props for marrying a UVA girl. I don't know though. Wait. Yeah. He on, like, married a UVA hey, girl and likes Duke basketball, but Willie, tell me a little something. Right, right, right. I see why you kicked me off the thing. Yeah. Yeah. They got they got home team ladies, right? The smart ones at that, medical field at that. You know, and I got to, you know, I had to go across the border. Yeah, across the border, go get me one, man. Fantastic but educational they, institution, yeah. <laughs> high, high level UVA. You did well, Yes, brother. yes, the, the best of the best. The clearly, <laughs> right, that's right. it. We, right, we, right. We, we, went, we went pluck. We, we shoot for the stars, <laughs> bro. That's how we roll. Uh, <laughs> those, those are great points, fellas, man. They're, they're things that I find myself convicting myself of. Like you said, um, as a dad of boys, you're like, I'm that guy. Hey, man, come on now. Let's pick it up. Let's be tough. Yeah. Right? Because, you know, you want them to be ready for what we perceive the society to have for them in stores. Like, you can't show emotion and you can't be too vulnerable, as, as Billy said earlier. Mm-hmm. But there's a measure, like you said, of, of, of having some humility and some vulnerability so that people can peek in where they can help. And for me, uh, one of the biggest challenges is sometimes I get into these lows of apathy. Mm. right of where we're communicating but i'm not really communicating we are um but it's never in you know it's never in uh the business or in training and stuff it's just at the house you know yeah. it, it could sometimes just the phone and you got that phone glued to your hand and you're checking out you know uh, social media or you're checking websites or you're trying to come up with different programming or um different classes for your business and so all those things kind of wrapped up and around but then when it comes back in the home you're like yeah, okay, whatever you want to do, we're good with it, right? And sometimes, yeah. you know, as we know, the wife wants you to have an opinion. Hey, yeah. let's do this. Let's kickstart this. Let's get it going. Hey, you know, let's don't just sit around and wait for stuff to happen. You know, go make stuff happen. And that's where I'm thankful. It's almost in the reverse of Dre where I have too much patience. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it'll work out. You know, yeah. I don't I don't fret over things because, you know, all things work together for good, <laughs> right? So I'm always holding on, I'm clinging on to that. But then there's also a faith without work today. Yeah, Key is like, so you better have a plan. Yeah, you better, you better keep going. You know, you better have something going. And that's where I'm so appreciative of my UVA gal yeah. is that she's a Kickstarter, right? Yeah. If they put tomatoes on my sandwich, 
she calling the waitress over and saying, hey, this ain't right. Okay, go fix it. <laughs> but no, she, right, she's not that. But um, but the point being is that she's a she's a great Kickstarter, yeah. right? And so she sees things and she sees and she's the gaps that I have. She sees my blind spot. She said, hey, hey, you might want to look into this. Or, you know, so I, I consistently go to counsel for her in everything just because yeah. that's what, you know, that's what we're supposed to be. That helped me. And so it's like, hey, get me going. Hey, don't just sit around. Hey, did you call this person? Hey, this person wants to talk to you. Hey, these are some emails you got to follow up on. And so I appreciate it because it when I get into those lows, when I get into those lows relationally and, and sometimes professionally too, it's like, hey, you get that Kickstarter. Where are we? What are we doing? And those yeah. checkpoints are good. Sometimes I'm good about being there. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you just get into those lows and, um, you know, it's just, just sometimes just too patient. Yeah. You just, hey, it's going to work out when you got to have some action. There's a moment for action. And, you mm-hmm. know, I always pride myself on taking action, but I'm not ashamed to admit that sometimes I just kind of yeah. let stuff happen and then yeah. finish and respond, like I'm going to say, yeah. respond to it versus react to it. You know, it's interesting to see the wisdom of God and, and who he put us with because, uh, there's a real sense that we need one another. And I think a lot of times when I've done marriage counseling over the years uh, with folks that are in deep, deep water trouble kind of thing where, you know, things almost over. I've been in multiple and seen things end, obviously, uh, in pastoral ministry. You see the, the good, the bad and the ugly. Um but if we get our head above water enough to say, hey, this difference is driving me crazy, this uh, thing that I think is like an enemy to me, God has placed here in, in his wisdom for my good and for her good. And so how in this difficult do we repent and have faith and hope for the future and receive each other right as the gift that they are to us? Of course, when you're mad, you're not thinking like that. Uh, but in, in, in your clearer head, uh, the Lord really wants us to know he's put a, a woman by our side, uh, a helper suitable. That word helper in the Bible is used for God, right? And, and the Lord is a present help, right? That uh, the women he's put with us is uh, for our transformation, for his glory, and for, for the blessing of generations. And I've seen so many call it off early, and the kids get, you know, you know, torn up in the process. But with, if you just realize, Oh, this is a gift. This is the big picture. Here's where we're going. Well, guys, let me shift a little bit for our last few minutes together uh, to, you know, Hey, let's talk for 30 seconds about our fathers. No, <laughs> uh, we're going to give it a 10, 15 minute run here, I think. But um, when I think of my dad um, and my relationship with my dad, I think distant, difficult, angry, uh, hurt, uh, sadness. Um, but yet, um, loss and longing, you know, like, ah, want something there. Um, tell me a little bit, uh, what, what relationship Willie obviously has passed away. So you shared that already. Um, but what was it like either without a dad a little bit or some, some things growing up with your father, what was that like for you guys? Um, for me, it was, I appreciated the fact that my dad was always in the picture. Um, he, tried to make it to all of my sporting events. He was always around. Um, You can talk to people even now after all of these years later, when you, when I catch up with my friends from other schools um, from high school that I ran track against, they all still remember my father being the guy with the camcorder and, uh, and the dad jokes. The Jamaican accent. (laughs) You know, and, and, you know, both him and my mom, like, I mean, we had uh, like little bake sales and stuff like that at track meets where they were, uh, they would always bring Jamaican uh, beef patties. So people like remember that, like that's like a legacy for people who are there. They remember that. So, 
Um, but you know, personally with my dad, he was, he was always, uh, very serious and strict. I don't ever recall hearing him say, I'm sorry, uh, very often. Once again, not to say that he didn't, I just don't remember it. Um, but you know, those were all things that I remember saying, like, this is what's making it so hard to be in this home. Um, but when I look back on it, like I said, when I got to college, there were so many things that my got, my dad did to um, create this, create these boundaries in my life that helped guide me. Yeah. So as much of a, uh, you know, I wasn't, wouldn't say I was a rebel teenager, but for those times that every teenager has those rebel feelings and wants to run off the track and do your own thing, my dad was always there to get me back on track mm-hmm. again. And so, you know, looking at it as a child, I remember thinking like, oh, I'm never going to be like this. I'm going to make sure that, you know, I let my kids have a little more fun here and (laughs) do this and do that there. When in actuality, it was just like, no, like the seriousness he had (laughs) is like the feeling that I get now when all the kids are all talking at the same time and everyone's running all over the place. And you're sitting there like, oh, my goodness, like, (laughs) Lord, please give me strength right now. It's like, wow, I get it. You know, I also get why he always fell asleep during movies, you know, when we would actually get a chance to sit down for him. This is his opportunity to rest. So, you know, he sits down long enough. Guess what? He's falling asleep. And so I can look back on that now and be like, man, my dad was a hard worker and he gave us all a foundation that uh, morally and spiritually was going to keep us in check even once we left the house. Yeah. And so I, I am very grateful uh, for that. Um, you know, I, the joke is now when I start acting a certain way, Janelle will call me <laughs> my dad. And so it's like, don't you dare do that. But I, I have to honestly say that it, it truly is a blessing and I'm, I'm very grateful for I had the privilege of having multiple generations of Davis men in our home this fall after there was a 17 overtime game where the Virginia Tech Hokies did beat my Carolina Tar Heels and I heard it from my house and then they rolled in later. <laughs> I had cooked some ribs or something, I, you know, pork, pork sandwiches, but Andre, his brothers, their sons, and their father together. And that was a beautiful picture for us and our kids. We even talked about it. Say, Hey, I maybe not see that in my own story, but downstream from me. Uh Oh, here we go. Here we go. What do you think about that? Will? Yeah. Well, um, what do you want? Uh, we'll close with this. What do you want? Um, obviously daughters, sons, Dre, you got both. I got both. Um, what do you want for your kids? I mean, what do you, well, if you could say just in a few sentences, what do, what do you hope for them? What do you want for their future? Um, what do you aspire for them as fathers? Uh, go, go ahead, Will. I saw his, his lips are moving, so I want to go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, yeah, yeah. reverse yeah, yeah. We're going to reverse one. I got yeah, yeah. to buy you some time, Billy Wayne. I got you. <laughs> hey, look, um, for, for me, uh, the, the biggest thing is for them to have, again, a relationship with Jesus, yeah. right? I feel like that's going to be the their North Star, yeah. their compass as they move forward. And then from there, they're valuing relationships with their friends, obviously with their parents, because we're in the home, but with their friends, the people that they choose, the people that they choose to be around, the influences that they have, um, be it in the classroom or on the sporting event or any arena that they step into. The hope is that they can use the lessons learned in the house 
you know, seeing the things that they love about us, taking the good yeah. and also taking the bad, right? Yeah. There's some things that yeah. they probably see when they get older. They'll be like, hey, I don't want to be able, I don't want to do that, yeah. right? Dre, yeah. me and your dad, we the same guy, man. You can't sit down, I can fall asleep like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> kids say I got a touch of narcolepsy. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> hey, I can, I can, hey, you thought I was hypnotized, but that's one of those things where, you know, like you said, you can rest um, and, and, and fall asleep. But for me, I just want them to know that we love them, right? That we support them, that we want them to see the best in them. But the hope going forward is that they take advantage of all the opportunities that they're afforded, like the ones that we didn't have growing up, right? The, the area that you grow up in, the access you have to certain things that they have now that we didn't have. Like nobody was talking scholarship when I was in high, when I was in middle school and high school. Mm. Now, you know, they've been on college campuses. They go to college football games. They yeah. seen professional athletes. Like if that's where they want to go, then those things are readily available and they have a network of people they can communicate who've done it at a high level. Yeah. Right? Those are things that I didn't have. We had to figure it out on our own. You talk about not growing up with a dad. Yeah. Yeah, my mom did everything that she could. She was my recruit coordinator. She was my yeah. highlight. You know, she was my hype man. She did it all. Sharon Barber is one but, of those know, heroes that, of the world that more people yeah. need to know about. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm telling you, right. It, it, it really could be a book on it. And, yeah. and so for, for what she put in and for what I took out of it. And then what I'm sharing with, along with my wife, with the boys, it's like, man, if you guys got so much access that we did not have between, you know, um, technology and, and just the people that you could call up and say, Hey man, this is what we did outside of your home. Yeah. And so the goal is, Hey, take advantage, mm-hmm. right? Close mouths, don't get fed, speak mm-hmm. up. If this is something you have questions about, if this is something you want to do, then talk through it mm-hmm. and use those to your advantage because, uh, down the line, when that you know, when that light, that, that whistle blows, and you know that that graduation, you walk across that stage, you know, real life will hit you real quick. Yeah. And so you better have some opportunity, you better have some plans, you know, outside of that. And those are the things that uh, we hope that they'll be able to, to do uh, going forward. Amen. Yeah. Come on, Billy. I'll say, man, Billy, with, you're with, it. with kids, <laughs> yeah, with, yeah. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. So, so for me, I'm I, my approach is very much something that I learned from you all. So first of all, I want them to understand who they are, who they belong to and understand that their platform means something. It can draw people in. That's that Andre Davis character, right? (laughs) I'm walking on, I'm a nobody, right? He spends time with me, invites me to AIA Bible study, right? He probably like, all right, now he can find some, get some friends and leave me alone. (laughs) Right. But he, he does that, and he's he's the he's the big time guy, right? But he does that. He puts that time in. I want my kids to know that, but I also want my kids to be able to stand up for others who may be different. Stand up for those that may not be a believer in Christ, yeah. but stand up for them anyhow. As Willie mentioned, maybe be that only Bible that someone sees. That's that Willie Powell mentality, right? Once again, walk on gone campus. I don't have the flashy stuff, right? Didn't have the friends, but Willie said, Hey, this is, this is my guy. He's on, he's, he's in my room. Right. So, you know, looking out for you. And then I'd say the other thing or the lastly would be that live with passion and having purpose, right? That's that Reed Monahan mentality, right? You got a passion for what you're doing, but it's intentional. 
right? But uh, hopefully, as we're kind of talking about this talk, we want that intention to be centered around Christ. Amen. So Amen. if my kids have those three things, then I did my job and yeah. head on down to my whole six feet. Go now get some today. popcorn, fall asleep in the movie. Hey, uh, <laughs> there, there, there you go. I don't know if you guys heard, um, Willie has been consistently referring to Billy as Billy Wine. And it didn't because he was like drinking Ripple in college or anything. It was because he's, I believe it's because he's genuine. I think that's where right. that comes from. So uh, he's high yellow. He's high yellow. Yeah, yeah. Y'all gotta leave some high yellow alone. He, got the natural curl. Uh, he had a drip, he had a drip set like Prime said. Oh, yeah. It was driving to look wet. Yeah. yeah Ain't nothing, ain't nothing but the ultra perm. Yeah, not, yeah. Now, now the curls are smaller and my forehead's getting bigger. I don't know what that's all about. Hey, man, hey, I got a hat on. I can't yeah. talk. Oh. Cool. Hey, man. <laughs> yeah, I for for me, I I um I want my kids to know the Lord. I want them to know me. I want to know them. Uh, and the blessings, right? God has designed it to flow down from fathers. And it's just it's like such an honor that uh, we get bestowed upon us to bring our kids up in what the Bible says, the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So that's things like Psalm 145, one generation shall commend your works to another and declare your mighty acts. Dre, we'll give you the last word on the kids because you big time and you got a, is that a Chicago Bulls thing or is that, what is that on your shirt? Forgive a bull. Oh, okay. Forgive a bull. So then it's got a whole bunch of, uh, what's that? Second Corinthians, uh, five seventeen, Acts three nineteen, a bunch of different verses on there. Man, I thought you were talking about Michael Jordan, the greatest player of all time. You know, (laughs) Willie, Willie, you don't, you don't subscribe to that LeBron stuff, do you, Willie? Listen, I don't want to. I don't want to get. I'm not going to take all that. I just thought maybe Andre was like an EP. If, you know, him and Mike talked. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was an EP yeah, on his project yeah, last day. Yeah. Okay. I was about to say, man, he's big time. Yeah. I do subscribe to the fact that LeBron is a great basketball player, and he is one of the greatest of all time. Maybe but, four, you know, maybe five, I'm, maybe I'm two. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to defer to my man MJ. Okay, you know, okay. That's what I'm talking about. I think people can be great in their own right. Yeah, better than Christian Leitner. Go ahead, Dre. (laughs) (laughs) Give us the last word because the greatness of Dre isn't the 4.3 or whatever used to run, 4.2. Yeah. 4.29. That ain't nothing like no 4.3. Nothing like a 4.3 or 4.29. That's so far far off. That's right. We we know that about you, but. Dre the dad. That's what I appreciate about you. Give us the last word on fatherhood. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, it it comes down to, I I like to say it's simple, but I I think we've all been there and we, we know that this walk that we have with Christ is, is not always the easy road, but we know where it leads to. And everything that we get out of this road that we're on is, is a blessing. Um, as long as we persevere through it. And a lot of times we have these challenges that we want to go around. We want to find shortcuts, but we know once again, with God's help, as we make it through, it's only going to make our faith stronger to uh, not only help ourselves and our families, but also to be a testimony for others around us. And so what I really try to incorporate in my family is to love God and love people. If you just go in and wake up each and every day and those are the two things you think about is loving God and loving people, you're going to, you're going to make better choices than most. Um, 
you know, even Jesus tells us that we need to love the Lord with all our heart, mind, and soul. And then we also need to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so to be able to teach our kids that in order to bring them with us when we do service outreaches, we had the blessing to be able to bring my oldest to Rwanda with us for him to see that service aspect through acts of compassion, being able to help those um, who, who don't have the ability to help themselves. They were able to see me work with um, autistic kids and see kids with disabilities. And so that's allowed them now, even in elementary school, to be, uh, you know, uh, kid partners for kids at Special Olympics and to be called out to do that, where that's not something that's odd to them. But they look at it as a blessing to be able to, uh, once again, to be a blessing to others. And so for us, as long as we continue to do that, and as long as we continue to help them to understand what a relationship with Jesus Christ means, helping them to understand, just like Billy and Willie have already said, of having intentional relationships, how, how that is going to make a difference in their lives and to not be afraid to stand up for themselves and understanding uh, who they are and whose they are. And when they understand those things, then I, I can feel more confident, um, not that it's going to be any easier to Dang. let them go, but I can feel more confident in seeing them go out on their own in elementary, middle, and high school knowing that they have the foundation to make the right choices. Amen. Well, brothers, I can't say this uh, enough. I say it around my house a lot whenever your names come up or when somebody who knows you mentions you. Uh, I've obviously enjoyed watching you play. Even watch Billy do a diving uh, interception against, I think, Rutgers University. Uh, don't underplay his skills. The, uh, one, the, I, one, the, time. the one time. I remember. <laughs> Big East. Drop one, though. That's right. That's right. He wasn't a wide receiver. Um, I, yeah, I, I totally loved watching your careers, watching your sports. But I can say this. I'm proud of you as men. Um, I'm glad you know my kids. I'm glad to know you. I'm thankful we've done a little damage to the darkness together in this world, and I do pray that will continue. Um, I'm proud. I love you, and I'm um, going to get emotional, so I'm going to kick it off. Thank you guys for joining us here on The Gospel Underground. The Gospel Underground is a joint production of Power of Change in the Bonhoeffer House. If you're interested, episode 20, Dad Up. It's all about being a dad. It's a very short one, but it's a very good one. Check that out, too. Review us on iTunes. We take five stars there. We don't take anything else. We believe in excellence, right, men? Send your comments, feedback, questions to us that you might want us to take up here on the Underground to info at gospelunderground.org. We are a dialogue taking place in the borderlands between the church and culture. Hope to see you out there. Peace. Thank you, gentlemen. Amen. Appreciate you, fellas. Appreciate you, baby. Way to go, Reed.